We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the boys in Grant Woods from Growing Deer TV will face off with one of hunting's greatest mysteries, the shed antler, and they give tips on becoming a better shed hunter. They'll also talk about late season forage, a whitetail summit, the record low harvest rate for yearling bucks in 2013, and how the 2014 Bassmaster Classic left Randy Howell the reigning champ. And it's presented by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Now, here's Jim and Trav. So who? Who owes who money here? You owe me money. I never owe you money. I owe you donuts. Money? <laughs> pay up! You can pay me in donuts. I don't think that there's... <laughs> Randy Howell. I think it's a pregnant woman's dream. Hey. That's Jim and I's dream. <laughs> no, moon pine in our seat. <laughs> we look like a pregnant woman. So Randy Howell won the 2014 Bassmaster Classic. He is the current champ. Won it down there on Gunnersville, Alabama. And the comeback king. Yeah, Ken Duke, yeah, exactly, said that this is the greatest comeback in classic history. He was in 11th place on the third and final day, uh, pulled it off. It's amazing. He said he threw back nearly 30 pounds. You know how much fish he caught? He caught a lot of fish. And he caught it all on, I think, what was it, like the, the Crawfish Red Rapala DT6, I think it said, and a prototype uh, Livingston Lures Medium Running Crankbait, also in uh, crawfish red. Tremendous story, though. Such a great guy. Yeah, you, Randy Howe, congratulations. You, you actually said that. He was uh, in 11th place at the end of the second day. Went back into his notes, found out that he had he had actually charted some fish off the riprap of one of these uh, bridges. Yeah. And uh, went back there just on a whim and uh, won the classic. Well, he said Hold something inside told him, do you want to have a good day or be a great angler? Something like that. So he went back. Anyway, so congratulations it to was, Randy Howell. It was Miss Bunny. She's with us today, and she's the one that said, hey, do you want to win, or do you want yeah. We've got actually two extra people in the studio, Bunny and the baby in her belly. True. It's the it's the fetus Ferguson. <laughs> I like that. I think you I, should call him Festival. Also, uh, uh, big congrats to Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. for winning the uh, Daytona 500. Second for, time. Also, Danica Patrick talking all that smack and crashing on like the 125th lap. And did uh, did Richard Petty's words come true? <laughs> He's smiling with that goofy hat on. <laughs> and all, all right, those so feathers. We are talking about shed heading on today's show. Uh, coming after the break, going to be joined by Kip Adams with QDMA, then Dr. Grant. Woods uh, from Growing Deer TV. How about Jeremy Moore, the dog boat hunter, and also uh, Jeff Nimnick of Coyote Craze. Now, this crazy story, it's here in Kansas, right? Yeah. Mrs. Bunny? Over by Pratt. We're two... Yeah, so these two bucks get locked together and they were spotted and it was um, one buck carrying basically the head, antlers, and the entire spine and everything of the deer around with it. They Holy spotted, cow. They spotted this deer, I mean, just dragging this other one with it. Two months later, they um, a class at Pratt Community College was out um, on a trapping mission. They're out, they're learning how to trap, and they spot this buck again. The head of the severed buck is still attached and everything to it. So Holy! It's like predators ate the rest of the body while it's yeah. still attached to this live deer. It must be birds and crap jumping on the. Yeah. Do you, do you suppose that somewhere along the line, the one buck who was still alive looked at the other guy and says? Do you smell something? <laughs> Just, it's amazing. I'm sure. So they, yes. They, uh, they were able to chase it down because it was pretty weakened. And sit on it. Hold it down and sit on it. And they took the other buck's head, the dead buck's head off of it. They untangled it. And then the other one ran off into the woods and is fine. But isn't that incredible? You carry around a dead guy on top of your head for two months and uh, you're able to make it out. So I don't know. So they were able to, uh, they checked with the game and fish and they were able to keep the head. I uh, bet that was a breath of fresh air. I got oh, 20 bucks. 
says this fall he gets locked up again. <laughs> says, oh, crap, not again. Actually, Danica Patrick, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she'll probably hit it with a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's absolutely amazing. Sit on the wall, she's going to hit a deer. Now, here in Kansas, I don't know if people know this or not, we actually have the stiffest um, penalties and fines um, for poachers. Now, that's if you get caught. Right. Because uh, we are definitely low on game wardens. But um, we, we need more. We have the stiffest laws in uh, the United States. But Michigan is really amping up their game, um, kind of following suit of what Ohio did. What is it? I, I read somewhere like one person got fined 28000 bucks. Is that correct? Right. In Ohio, 2010. Oh, Ohio. An, an Ohio vol- violator got twenty eight grand in restitution for poaching. So, I mean, so Michigan is beginning this month. They're changing their fines and restitution payments yeah. for poaching to include um, a progressive penalty for fines of trophy size deer. So, for any deer with or without antlers, the base restitution is $1,000. Wow. Then it goes up from there. For antler deer, there'll be an additional restitution of a thousand dollars, so now two thousand, right? For antler deer with eight to ten points, an additional five hundred dollars will be assessed for each point. Holy cow! So, so kind of and the I think- Samson rule comes into effect then. I don't it's know what that like is. It's like a super trophy, something, something. Right. Well, I so think that's been consider, in existence for a while. They consider a point, though, if I'm correct, anything over an inch long. Yeah. So the, if he... will hold a wedding ring. Right. So if he has stickers and it's more than an inch long, I mean, you're in trouble. So in, anyway, for antler deer with 11 or more points, then it's $700, $750 for each additional point. And so... Imagine you, if you shot a non-typical with like 37 <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. So yeah, a point is defined under the new law as being at least an inch long um, measured from its tip to the nearest edge of the antler beam and under the new law illegally killing a 10 point buck in Michigan now results in a $7,000 restitution plus fines and then court costs on top of that. I think they should make it where you stand on a corner and everybody in the town gets to punch you in the face or throw eggs at you. (laughs) I think that's like Justin Bieber could be first. I mean uh, these are the kind of people that give hunters a bad name and these are the ones that are always on the news and it it just portrays in a bad light you know but it's kind of like I tell my kids if you can't play by the rules and play nice then you don't need to play at all so I think that that's the you know, so um, well, earlier today, Jim pulled my hair. <laughs> and I smacked him, and he called me ugly. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, shut up! <laughs> but no, I, I do think that we need to take this a lot more um, seriously because I, th- this is a huge problem. It is an epidemic. Uh, here in the United States, um, poaching is just crazy. It is. And we do need to start cracking down on it. But it's like everything else. All the murdering and, and rapes and theft and everything that's going on is because we do not have stiff enough penalties. It's, oh, let me hold you and let's cry together because your childhood was horrible. Yeah. You know? No. I mean, we do need to have stiffer penalties. You see all these crap on Facebook now. You know, my generation is so much better because my parents spanked me when I was younger. And it's the truth, though. Yeah. There was consequences for negative actions and that's what we need yeah, yeah. well actually we're, we're finding that there is an elite generation out there there's a well-known uh tv personality that was just recently thrown in jail again for a violation of uh, probation who well i can't i really don't want to say but if you watch if facebook start, at all if or i start any, guessing if you, well, go, you can. i'm sure you go to google it'll take you about three seconds william to william shatner yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it that's it or actually uh um go on facebook and look up tink nathan and you'll find out exactly who it is you there know you tink's 69 you're not, and blah 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 you're not implementing tink in anything are you no 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 tink's a nice guy he's an awesome short. man and he's, he's got really a, short he's, he's got, got a great beard. beard i love the beard and his american flag shirt Yes. That guy is crazy Everybody cool. around him wears American. No, it's he's actually a, Texas flag shirts. Texas, a, oh yeah, Texas flag. Sorry. He's a patriot. He's got facial hair. I know. I and love he's the guy. Actually running, he's actually running for a state legislature there in Texas. I no think he's, kidding. He's, he's got a, my vote, even though I can't vote there. I know. We, well, look, that doesn't stop. Anyways, look at the people <laughs> that voted 12 <laughs> times for the presidency. We could stuff the ballot. I can <laughs> vote for whoever I want and what burrito I want for lunch. <laughs> it does not matter. All right. So uh, we're actually coming up with an ad break. Um, to find out more about us, though, people should hop on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Jim on the Trail or Adventures of Dad and Me. <laughs> um, yeah. Go to your Facebook page to see your rants about mindless crap. <laughs> um, also, our website, OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we got a whole bunch of cool stuff on there, though. Hey, um, a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel, OutdoorChannel.com forward slash Revolution. Also, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-J-R. And Cabela's, world's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Uh, here is a word from Mark. 
listening to the man has lots of knowledge up in that head of his. Uh, coming up after the break, though, we're going to be joined by Kip Adams with QDMA. He's going to be talking about the Whitetail Summit. Uh, right there in Branson, Missouri. Yeah, the 3rd through the 6th of March. Got to go to it. Mrs. Bunny, thank you. Ow. Hit my fingers. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me. We love you. Yes. I got to go to a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Outdoor Channel on Setting Records. According to the record books kept by the North American Shed Hunters Club, the world record typical single shed antler was found in Illinois and scored 104.75. And the world record non-typical single shed antler was found in Saskatchewan and it scored 156.625. For more on sheds and shed hunting, just go to OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. March on Outdoor Channel is all about the Nuge. I'm an old, happy, bow-hunting, guitar-playing, American dreamer. The best of Ted Nugent is on every night. What in tarnation? This is so simple, even guitar players can do it. All March long. Hallelujah. Just what the doctor ordered. Join Ted Nugent for the best of the spirit of the wild. This is a moment of infamy. Every night in March at 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon, enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hello there. Hello. Here are the boys. Hey, if you're just joining us, you missed old Miss Bunny. She talked about the things at the Bassmaster Classic and also that Daytona 500. But on the line right now, we got a guy that knows a heck of a lot about deer. I could just say that Mrs. Bunny could totally take Danica Patrick. Easily. <laughs> she could beat the snot out of her. That would be a problem. Yeah, she's, she's a big wrestler, though. Anyways, right now we're being joined by a Kip Adams, and he's a certified wildlife biologist. That's a lot better title than you have, Jimmy. And a QDMA's director of education and outreach. Mr. Kip, how's it going, buddy? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, not too bad. Now, this is cool. Um, Everybody's got to go to uh, Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge there, the 3rd through the 6th of March for QDMA's uh, Whitetail Summit. This is the first of its kind. I mean, the industry leaders are going to be there. This is going to be a big happening, man. This is. Uh, we're very, very happy to be putting this on. Uh, you know, there's lots of deer meetings around the country each year. The, yeah. the industry folks get together, the deer folks get together, but nobody's ever got together with all the stakeholders like we have going on in Branson. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the, at the uh, people that are going to be there. There's some mighty tall hogs at that trough. What, you got Shane Mahoney, you got uh, Dan uh, Eisel, uh, Mark Duda. I wanted to say Duda, Duda. Uh, Dan Forster, Johnny Morris of the uh, Bass Pro uh, uh, fame, Will Primos, and uh, Carter Smith from the Texas Department of Wildlife and Parks. Are, aren't you going to have like a video conference with Paul Ryan, too, or something like that? We are. Uh, oh. Yep. That was right. He was supposed to be there, and he was he was trying very hard to be there. And just with his schedule, uh, obviously he he's pretty busy. Um, anyway, it didn't work out. He still wanted to be there at least to provide information. So uh, he taped a special message to all of the attendees uh, that, that we're going to play for the folks uh, when they get there. Yeah, well, actually, all of the people you have there, plus uh, plus Ryan. I mean, they are all hunters, and uh, they have a stake in this whole outfit. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's really people from all the different stakeholder groups that, that, that are impacted by deer. You know, people, the hunters, the industry, the state agency folks, the federal agency folks. Uh, it'll be the first time everybody sits down together and really talks through some of the problems or issues with deer management so that we can have better hunting and management across the whitetails range. Yeah. Now, Kip, I got to veer off topic for just a second. I'm looking at a picture of you. Do you work out? 
Dude, I do a lot of push-ups. Hey, dude, you are like buff. I'm like <laughs> looking at your arms like you got a side profile shot. I was like, man, that guy, he's built. He, he looks like just, a Vladimir Putin. I'm sorry. You just look really yeah. muscular. You look like you could pick that deer up and just walk out of the woods 10 miles. <laughs> Anyways, all right, before- I appreciate that. I, I have a young daughter, so I have to stay in shape. <laughs> I understand that, buddy. Now, real quick, before we go on with this, Mr. Kip, to find out more about you, QDMA, the Whitetail Summit, once again, of Branson, Missouri. That's March 3rd through the 6th. Uh, going to be a great time. Where can we find you guys online? We're, we're at QDMA.com, and, uh, and they can find information about the summit uh, as well as all kinds of other information just about deer deer management or hunting in general. Yeah. Now, the thing is, uh, having having done this first one, I hope that the, the upshot from this whole thing is not just another meeting, but you actually, what do you hope to uh, derive and uh, get from this meeting or just the idea of these guys getting together to talk about it is enough? Well, we look at doing this, uh, this is just the first of many of these, uh, probably doing the next one uh, two or three years down the road. So, you know, making this in every other or every third year thing. And actually, everybody that comes to this is going to be divided into to one of six different stakeholder groups. Yeah. And everybody's going to have a, a voting pad in the audience. So it's going to be very interactive. We're really? Have, uh, each of the groups will meet and talk about provide action items on how their group can advance deer hunting. And then the last day is an official press conference where a representative from each group will actually get up and talk about the action items that they developed from the breakout sessions the day before. And then everybody that leaves will get printed copies of these action items because kind of a document to move forward with. So it's not just a meeting to get together and talk. And we wanted to make sure there's something tangible that everybody will take home with them. Mm-hmm. And then we can share with the whole whitetail world throughout the country. So, hey, these are ways that we can physically make hunting and deer management better tomorrow than it is today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, are you also going to be talking about chronic wasting disease? And have we turned the corner on that? We're going to be talking about that, and uh, and no, we have not turned the corner. And uh, unfortunately, some of the, the the newest stuff out of Wisconsin. Of course, Wisconsin was the first state east of the Mississippi to get it. Um, initially, the adult bucks there, there was only you know it was like five percent of them had the disease. That was yeah. so it was a small number. The thing is, you know, every one of those deer are going to die. Well, today in those endemic areas of Wisconsin, the first places that got the disease today. Over 20% of those adult bucks have the disease. Oh, so it's geez. from, you know, like five to over 20. And it's, yeah. it's rising the same fast, you know, in, in doe. So, no, we have not turned the corner. And, no, we have, it is going to be a whole lot worse in the future before it gets better. So, uh, so it's, that's a bad, bad deal. Yeah, that's terrible. Really bad deal. Now, want to pick your brain real quick. How about New, uh, was it New York that was giving, uh, they tested, uh, birth control to does? Um, it, they, they have done a bunch of that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is yeah. crazy. What What is your thought process on that? I'm like, this is. I mean, hardest thing all, is to teach them how they, to push it out of that little container. Yeah, it, yeah. They were taking <laughs> they were taking Tuesday's dose on Thursday. It was yeah. all screwed up. They weren't drinking enough water. Um, but they spent so much money. I mean, a god awful amount of money. Uh, and it was completely ineffective. It's the wrong process. Uh, what do you think about that? I think they they spent a tremendous amount of money on that. And actually, I did an interview with New York Times did talking you? about that. Really? You know, at Cornell University where, you know, there's lots of work on, on contraceptives that, that work pretty well. Yeah. Um, they don't replace hunting. They don't replace, you know, removing deer. And that's where a lot of the public gets the misconception. What they're actually doing at Cornell was they were they were sterilizing those deer. Uh-huh. And they like tying the tubes, uh, so to say. And they were just incredible how much money they were spending to do that. And at the end of the day, you still have too many deer. You know, you haven't reduced <laughs> that deer herd any. Yeah, you and didn't reduce the herd. astronomical what they're spending to, to not, not get any farther ahead. <laughs> so one more time, uh, we're coming up on a break. To find out more about you, QDMA, everything that, that we need to know about white-tailed deer and how we can get involved, where can we find you guys online? You can find us at QDMA.com. And Kip Adams definitely does not have low T. No, he does not. All right, we got to get to a break. We want to say a special thank you to Outdoor Channel, OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. Also, Ruger, Ruger.com, High Mount Seasonings, H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Also, Cabela's, World's Foremost Outfitter at Cabela's.com. Here is a word from Mark. Listen to the man. He's very smart. Mr. Kip, man, thanks so much, buddy. You guys got it. I appreciate it. It was good talking with you. You have a great day. Hey, you too, buddy. Hey, stick around. Coming up next, we've got Dr. Grant Woods, Growing Deer TV. And I... E-I... <laughs> <laughs> Grant Woods, he's coming up next. Don't go anywhere! Britney Spears? No. Wait, oh my God, Whitney Houston. <laughs> Whitney Houston. <laughs> what is he? Oh my baby, baby, ooh la la. 
All right, let's get to a break. Outdoor Channel on Moose Antlers. The race is on. Moose antlers can very quickly grow to be very large in size, and their rate of bone formation is the fastest known in the world, up to one inch in just one day. So for more wildlife facts, be sure to check out our Tuesday and Thursday podcasts at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. If you crave bow hunting, Outdoor Channel is the place to be on Monday nights. Look at this deer. We've got some of your favorite personalities. He's lived in the den for over six months. Along with some of the best hunts anywhere. We're in Alberta hunting them with a bow. Gear up for the best bow hunting on television. These are the land of the giant. One awesome night, all at one place. Prime Bows by G5 Bow Hunting Monday. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Try High Mountain Seasoning Rubs for meats of all kinds and enjoy mouth-watering meals perfect for camping and home. Visit a store or go to www.himtnjerky.com today. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle combines features of the Ruger American Rifle and innovations of the 1022 Rimfire Rifle to appeal to all bolt-action enthusiasts. It features a modular stock system that provides comb height options for scope or iron sight use. A power bedding integral bedding block system for outstanding accuracy. A Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger. And a 1022 style rotary magazine for reliable feeding. The Ruger American Rimfire Rifle. Another rugged, reliable firearm from Ruger. Colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls, a book for hunters. www.colorado's Biggest Bucks and Bulls.com. Yeah, it looks like we're ready to go. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Let us proceed. Here we go. If you're just joining us, you just missed old uh, Kip Adams. Kip Adams, great guy. Uh, just now be joined by Dr. Grant Woods, Growing Deer TV. I love this man. <laughs> I will tell him that all the time. Anyways, are you going to the Whitetail Summit next week, Dr. I Grant? I am. Are you guys coming? Nah, we nah, weren't invited. We never get invited. That's going to be cool, though, there in Branson, Missouri, the 3rd through the 6th. Looking uh, forward to it. You know, actually, we're going to have a little tour out here at the ranch. The summit's just about 20 miles as a crow flies. Really? Go around the lake to get there from my house, so... Of course, a lot of my buddies in the whitetail world are coming, so we're going to have a little tour here at the ranch and yeah. try and get everybody out in the woods where we go sit in those stuffy rooms and talk about heavy stuff. <laughs> now, let's talk about shed hunting. All right, you just put out a great blog, uh, February 21st, uh, Frustrations and Celebrations of Shed Hunting there on your website. Sure. Um, <clears throat> this is such a great time. It extends our hunting season. I mean, what can we learn from shed hunting? Is there anything that can carry over into the next season uh, that could possibly help us? Guys, a couple of things. A, we can see where bucks are spending time during the late season. So if we're having a cold December, yeah, they're going to be in the same place they are right now where they're dropping sheds as long as that food source hasn't hasn't been totally depleted. So if you're by a, you know, whatever, a acorn trees that really held acorns well or mm-hmm. a bean field where not all the beans are cut, and then even better than that, I'm looking for cover because, you know, cover, I think, is really misunderstood. This all ties into sheds. You know, if it's 80 degrees on December day, deer are going to be on a north slope in the shade somewhere. It's mm-hmm. hot, and they're trying to they're trying to cool down the easiest way they can. But if it's cooler, they want to be on a south slope where they can get energy from that radiant heat, the sun, the radiant energy from the sun. Yeah. So if I'm finding sheds, uh, I'm going to look both, and it's been really cold. I'm going to focus totally on south-facing slope. Are you? But if it's a warm winter back in the days where somebody actually believed in global warming, because I don't think anyone's left believing <laughs> that right now. Even Al Gore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I'm going to be on that north slope where there's some shade or some kind of tree or bluff or something providing shade for them to cool down. And, of course, you know, in Missouri, our temperature comes and goes like, you know, everyone always says we don't like the weather, stay for the next day. That's pretty much true all across the White Hills Range. Yeah. So – I'm going to look both on any given year. This year, we've been solid cold, no warm days. But mm-hmm. on most winters, we have, you know, some warm weather, some cold weather. And it tells me that pattern of where deer are using based on the conditions. You bet. Well, you know, I, I've noticed that, uh, you know, we've talked uh, earlier about uh, the bedroom area. And then we talked about the kitchen area, you know, for deer and where they eat and where they sleep and so forth. But deer are actually creatures of habit, aren't they? And, uh, and I found that... Uh, if you follow um, like tree lines, like the edge of a forest or something like that, or the tops of ridges. And another thing I found is when they uh, have to jump a fence, look about 20 feet past where that deer run is. And chances are you're going to find a whole pile of horns. Let's talk about why deer shed a second. Is that okay? Sure. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. 
in the, in the, throughout the year, in the summer, that testosterone level is really low, and that allows velvet antlers to be growing. Mm-hmm. And then the day length gets such, it starts getting shorter, that that testosterone level increases. Yeah. And that actually is, is what triggers the stop of velvet antler growing and switches the calcium to come on and fill those antlers up with calcium because all summer they're mainly protein. Now they're going to calcify or become hard. Yeah. And the velvet comes off. And then that testosterone level stays above that threshold all fall on. Now, it may go way up. You know, they smell a doe and, mm-hmm. and they get beat up by a bigger buck and it drops down. But it never gets above that threshold. Mm-hmm. The day, the hour, probably down to the minute, that testosterone level gets below that threshold. Those antlers are coming off. It, it, it changes the chemistry in a deer's body. And it's a chemical seal like the world's best super glue <laughs> that holds the antler on the head yeah. between the antler base and the pedestal. And when that changes, it's falling off. So that's one reason why, gosh, I'm going to get some hate mail out of this one, but antler traps or other things like that really aren't a big thing because deer don't knock their antlers off it. And I'll give you an example. I remember when I was a student at University of Georgia, and it was, uh-huh. you know, about this time of year. We had a bunch of deer out there doing research on. Someone had to feed them all the time. I haven't seen these two big bucks, you know, well-fed, pin-raised mm-hmm. captive deer, yeah. big bucks in a fight. I mean, a fight to their death, just rah, 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 really going after it. And I'm thinking, man, I can't believe somebody's got to knock an antler off of nothing. It's nothing. Really? And the, and the loser, during the night, shed his antlers. Really? And really? knocked off. Now, that day, a few hours earlier, there's two 250-pound-plus bucks pushing with everything they got. Really? The antlers don't come off. Now, see, the I— loser, walks over into the cornered pen, and his antlers fall off his head because his testosterone level drops down. See, now, I would have thought it would have been like a gradual process. I get, you know, it, it slowly loosens up, you know, works loose, and kinda eventually like falls tooth. off. But it's kind of like, I just, I give up. You know, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like the hair on my head. One day it's there, and one day it was gone. Just boom, you know? I said, Grant, it was a good run. Got to go, buddy. <laughs> but the thing is, no, he, he comes off quick. So that's why, you know, you just, crazy. You, find, you know, think about this. A lot of people find antlers out in the middle of a food plot. They obviously, they weren't knocking it off on anything out there. They didn't hit a tree or anything out there. And when that time comes, they bend over, boop, they fall off. So you do find a few around fences, but the majority of time, you're just going to find them where deer are spending the most of their time in the late winter, obviously. And so that's going to be bedding areas or feeding areas. They spend more hours in a bedding area or a feeding area than they do traveling back and forth. Yeah. Now, what you're saying, though, it's the testosterone level in their body that triggers this uh, this antler to shed. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it, you can have a, an incident like you were talking about, those two big bucks fighting and one guy got his butt whipped and uh, that was enough hey i'm not going to fight anymore and so that's that uh, the testosterone level went down he shed it the very next day and uh and then life goes on now yep. is, is it possible that had he won the other guy would have lost absolutely his? really absolutely. we had a, a buck actually harvesting this year we called split brow and a, and a couple of years ago he was running around on a ridge with another big buck we called Giant 8. Uh-huh. And, and I never could get a pattern on split brow, but I finally felt like I had a pattern on Giant 8. And I was working out of state, and it was in mid-December, and I was, I could not wait to get home to hunt this buck we called Giant 8. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys working here gives me a call and says, I got good news and bad news. Said, oh, <laughs> great. Give, give me the good news first. I'm a good news type guy. Uh-huh. Giant 8 is absolutely using that food plot you thought he was. Mm. That's cool. How'd you know that? Well, that's the bad news. I just found a shed living <laughs> in the food plot. Oh, are oh, you wow. serious? And then, and then we got pictures of split brow, and he had broken his main beam and was blind in one eye. So I've always theorized, and this is theory, that giant eight it, and split brow, there were two biggest bucks on that part of the property. He'd gotten a tussle, oh. and split brow probably won, and giant eight, you know, his testosterone dropped, and he shed. And, and you see deer to get wounded. Maybe they got in a fight or, they, you know, whatever, however they got hit by a car or whatever. And you're fine sheds every now and then in December or even November and very, very few. And that's the deer that got wounded and they don't feel like playing the game anymore. And that testosterone level just drops like a rock and the antlers are coming off. Yeah. Hey, that was Dr. Grant Woods. This guy knows a whole lot about eyes and stuff. This man knows everything. Well, hey, we want to say a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel. Outdoorchannel.com forward slash revolution. Also, Ruger. Ruger.com. High Mount Seasonings. H-I-M-T and Jerky.com. And Cabela's. World's foremost outfitter at Cabela's.com. Here is a quick word from Mark. Mr. Grant, man, thank you so much, buddy. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate everything. Hey, coming up next, we've got uh, Jeremy Moore, who uh, started the paint company. Oh, you and your jokes. He's the dog bone hunter. He's a dog bone hunter. All right, stick around, Jeremy Moore. Dog bone hunter? Yeah, he's coming up next. He's got a dog and a bone, and he hunts. Who let the dog 
Outdoor Channel on Caribou Antlers. Unisex. Caribou are the only animal species with antlers where both the male and female have them. It doesn't seem right, does it? Well, Facebook.com forward slash Adventures of Dad and Me is where you have to go for cool webisodes and insight into all things Jim and Trav. So check it out. Tuesdays, all your favorite hunters can be found in one place. Right here. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits. <laughs> what a nice buck. Look at that. Outdoor Channel is your home for the best big game hunting. From turkey hunting to every type of trophy big game. Baldies, some backstrappers, some does, some cactus donkeys. There's only one place for hard-pounding excitement on Tuesdays. Mossy Oaks Tuesday Night Pursuits, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Only on Outdoor Channel. When I'm backpacking in the mountains, I like to travel light. That's why I carry Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet outdoor meals. These freeze-dried meals cook right in the pouch. Just add water. With menu choices like cheesy lasagna, teriyaki chicken with rice, and more, these meals taste great. And with a shelf life of seven years, they're also perfect as an emergency food supply at home. Look for Camp Chef's ready-made gourmet meals at a sporting goods store near you or at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. Best place to find a Boone and Crockett mule deer? Colorado, of course. Best place to learn about them? Colorado's biggest bucks and bulls. Call 719-661-4037. All right, listen up, class. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here are the boys. Hey, if you're just joining us, you just missed old Dr. Grand Woods. This guy, that was really an interesting interview that uh, he did on Sheds. You know what? He could have just talked without us. He did. It would have been a lot better. (laughs) All right, we are talking about kind of all things shed hunting on today's show. Some pretty cool things, talking about boaching. Don't do it. That's, That's the right. role of that story. Don't even poach your shit. All right, right now we're being joined by a Jeremy Moore, and he is the dog bone hunter. This guy has some cool stuff. Got to check him out online. One thing, I'm actually on your website right now, Jeremy, and this is so cool, and I can't believe I never thought of that. And, and so many people have passed this up when they have great hunting dogs. Train your dog to find your deer. That's amazing, yeah. Jeremy. Yep, yep. It was a really nice fit for us. Um, to kind of follow up to our shed line. So now what we're doing is we're we're training a deer dog, and, and we're going to train him to find sheds in the spring and, and help us in the fall of the track. Okay, now I'm looking at your website, and you've got a golden retriever on there. Yep, yep. Sitting next to a, obviously, dead deer. Now, sure. are there are there dogs, like labs, we know that they have great noses. Are there other dogs that uh, you could use? I, I know in Africa they use Jack Russell Terriers. Yes. Just like shed hunting, this is not breed-specific. Um, I always go back to the idea of there's certain traits that some dogs have that, that help them a little bit, that make it a little bit easier on them. But um, I know guys who are doing this with beagles, spaniels, really? shepherds, pointy dogs. Yeah, we all sorts of breeds. Mm. Now, I tried to do that with our lab, and he just flushed a pheasant. I, I actually pushed Jim <laughs> down on the ground and told him to start <laughs> sure, sniffing, sure. but he didn't do anything. Well, actually, he also had rolled up paper. <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> smack him all the time. Yelled at me on the paper and hit me. <laughs> yeah, he's the, one, he's the guy that you need the e-collars for, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I put like four on him. All right, so yeah, yeah. let's talk about uh, shed hunting. All right, obviously, you make the dog bone great product uh, yeah. for teaching your dogs and for brushing up and everything. Now, tell us, our, our listeners that don't know about you or your products, what exactly is the dog bone? Sure. It Really what it is is my background's bird dog training, gun dog training. Yeah. What we did was we tried to come up with an idea or the product line to help support guys who don't know exactly how to do it. So we, I, my big thing is let's make it simple. Let's try to keep it simple. So mm-hmm. we, we came out with a whole product line that is three steps. You're going to have the shape of the antler first. You got to condition that shape mm-hmm. to equal a reward or, or for our dogs, it's a retrieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second step is the scent. What does this thing smell like? And eventually we're going to go to the feel of an antler, a hard horn. You know, when we train bird dogs, we finish them on birds. Same is true with our shed dogs. We're going to finish them out on sheds, but we're real careful to take steps. And, and we put together a system that kind of walks you through that. Um, we, we sell a, a kit that's got a booklet, a bottle of scent, and a dummy. Everything you need to get you started on it. Wow. Well, you know, the thing is, if you uh, try to have them, uh, it, it'll work on any 
It's called undulated, right? I, I get that question all the time of when you start talking different species of deer. And, and we get um, guys out west that are using our stuff and they're mule deer. They're hunting for mule deer. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got, we just, it's awesome. We got a picture back on Facebook this week of a guy who is uh, out west. He's in, he's in Montana and his dog's picking up elk sheds for him right now. Wow. wow. He's, train, he's training for it right now, but he's using our scent and he's using our our product line to get him going on that and had a lot of success. Yeah, it's a chihuahua. Now, yeah, how critical is that? <laughs> so obviously, your product isn't as hard as an antler, okay? Sure. And, and yep. how important is that in the training process so you don't harden their mouth and ruin yeah. them? Is that something that we need to be very uh, cognizant of? Yeah, that's, it's a huge concern. And, and the reason is, is it, I ran into the problems. I, I bumped into it early on in training. And uh-huh. there's a couple things about it. You know, most of these sporting dogs traditionally have soft mouths. Mm-hmm. So, what, you know, they've been bred for hundreds of years to have that and deliver birds to, to hand undamaged. And what happens is when we start introducing different things to them, like a shed, they have a tendency to to want to blink on it or spit it out because they're turned off by the idea of that hard horn in their mouth. Yeah. That's one thing. The other thing is, is the idea of a small, young dog very sensitive, little eyes, little nose, little mouth. Mm-hmm. If they poke themselves on those hard tines or run up on a shed real excited in training and jab themselves, poke, some, poke themselves, but they don't want anything to do with it anymore. They, they think the shed bit them. No, oh, yeah. They, they're totally turned off by it. So just like introducing a, a, a gun dog or bird dog to gunfire, we want to keep it positive. Well, we want to do the same thing with, with the antler. So that's why we use that training dummy, just like just like we would if we were training a bird dog. We, we start them out with, tools and we get them to bird. All right. I've got about a, what, an eight-year-old Harley is? Black Lab? Yeah. Sure. Can you teach an old dog new tricks? It, it, it's not a coincidence. And you didn't set this up. My first shed dog was eight years old. Really? And I, really? And I used her uh, for years, bird hunting, shot a lot of birds over her. But what I got, when I got, when I, the whole idea of the shed product started for us because I didn't have time to do both bird hunting and deer hunting and do them both right. So yeah. I kind of set the bird hunting aside. I went into this using my dogs to help me with deer hunting, and that first thing was sheds. And so what I did was I cross-trained her, and and that's part of the whole idea. That training dummy is made out of the same material as a lot of the dummies out there that we train our bird dogs with. Is it really? It's for a reason, yeah. It's a new shape with a familiar feel. Uh Really easy to transition older dogs that way. Now, after you trained uh, your dog successfully, and obviously you were a shed hunter before you started doing this, um, what was the percentage rate of how much sheds increased that you were finding? I mean, let's say on a given time you go out, you find one or two. Did you notice yeah. you found a lot more once you started training your dogs to do this with you? Absolutely. And I, I, I found my, before that eight year old dog of mine before I, I shed hunted a long time before I had her picking up sheds for me. Uh-huh. And I, I did find a few, but, um, that first year I found 75 sheds the first year. Are you serious? In my whole life. Prior. Oh yeah. So, oh. Yeah. I was hooked. I, I thought, boy, this is the answer. But, um, you know, I, I also think it has to do with a guy who shoots the most ducks usually has a pretty good duck dog. Uh-huh. It's not necessarily the reason is, is because the guy with the best dog gets invited to the best places to duck hunt. I found that. <laughs> so I, I, I'll be honest with you. We find a lot of horns when guys find out that we got good shed dogs, we get invited to a lot of really good places. Put yourself <laughs> yeah. in, yeah, you put yourself in those high percentage spots. And um, the other thing is, is I shed hunt more with the dogs than I did without. It's just mm. another reason to go. Yeah. So do anything more often, you're more often more likely to succeed with it. I think. You bet. Yeah. It's like my kids. We're playing games. I just, I win all the games. Just crush their spirits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you cry. You and little, actually, wow. Wow. And, Father's and he, Day. When Father's Day. Come yeah. Wait, well, he gets cold a lot. <laughs> Yeah, now, there you go. To find out more about you, Jeremy, and your, your product, Dogbone Man, where can we find you online? Dogbonehunter.com. Yeah, do you have a brother named uh, Benjamin? Boy, I, I'd be on a beach right now. <laughs> just watch the paint dry if I did. All right, got to hop online, check them out. Just Google uh, Fantastic Products. There's a bunch of videos out there. Coming up after the break, though, going to have Jeff Nimnick on with Coyote Craze. Talk about a little predator hunting. We want to say a special thank you, though, to Outdoor Channel. Also, Ruger, High Mountain Seasonings, and Cabela's. Here is Mark. A quick word from him. Once again, coming up after the break, Jeff Nimnick. Uh, Jeremy Moore, man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it, guys. Outdoor Channel on Shed Hunting. Leave it to the Canadians.
In the national parks of Canada, the removal of shed antlers is an offense punishable by a stiff fine. So look twice, create a diversion, and run fast. You can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash underscore OTN. Wednesday nights, Outdoor Channel is the place to be for the best shooting entertainment. We have the most respected talent and industry experts. A half-inch group at 100 yards. From stunning reenactments and dramatic events. Sit down! To amazing trick shots. This one you can try at home, providing your home for the gun range. We've got it all on Midway USA's Wednesday night at the range. Starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Do you hear that? That's the sound of your next African safari with Kolobi Safaris. Experience Africa's sights and sounds mingled with true adventure of a big game hunt for the dangerous five or any number of plains game animals. If you've ever dreamed about Africa, then you need to book your trip of a lifetime with Daniel and Doria Dutoy, the purveyors of Kolobi Safaris. Hi, I'm Jim Ferguson. I did, and you should too. Look them up on the web at www. Dot K-O-L-O-B-E-S-A-F-A-R-I-S dot C-O dot C-A or call them at 011-83-280-7643. Ready for this? This? What? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. You are listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Without further ado, here are the boys. If you're just joining us, you just missed a great interview by a good guy. <laughs> okay, Jeremy Moore. Jim, you know what that means? Jim couldn't remember who we were talking to. That's what that's about. Talking about shed hunting on today's show. I'm getting older. Shed hunting is about the only thing out there besides predator hunting right now. Just now being joined by Jeff Nimnick with Kyle Craze. Mr. Jeff, how's it going, buddy? Good, fellas. How about yourself? Good. Not too bad. Actually, you can use the same gun on either one. Yeah, you could shoot a shed or a coyote. <laughs> now, you were actually just down in uh, Phoenix. I saw you chumming around with old uh, uh, Jim Zumbo. Yeah, you know, I actually had, took a, a bathroom break and ran into him back in the hallway. I kind of had to give a couple looks, and I don't know, if, I don't know if he lives down there or what. But do you uh, know, do you know how the show just? Having a good time. Yeah. Do you know how funny that sounded? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he lives up uh, near Cody, Wyoming. Yeah. Oh, really? You know, well, I, he, might be, he might be the only smart one in Cody, Wyoming and, and goes to Phoenix <laughs> for the winter. You know, I have met more people in the bathroom. I met Mark Kaiser in the bathroom. That's why I first met Gordy Cron. North American <laughs> Hunting Club was going to the bathroom. He was buffing his head. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So this time of year, is this a good time of year right now? You know, we're kind of in that transitional. It doesn't know if it wants to be winter or spring. Is this a pretty hot time to get out there and do some coyote hunting? You know, it is. You know, everybody kind of has spring fever. You Right now, especially through the West and Midwest, you're getting kind of a mix. You know, it might be 50 or 60 for a few days, but there's still that chance of getting that late winter storm rolling through and and whatnot. But, you know, here through the end of February, pretty much everywhere, you're, you know, all your predator seasons are still going to be open. Um, you know, coyote in a lot of states will run year-round, but, you know, bobcat, fox, a lot of that stuff will shut down the end of February. But, you know, still just a great time to get out, get outside. Um, you know, and they're gives you something to go chase around before the, the turkeys start gobbling. Yeah. Now, is this the time of the year when uh, when they're kind of pairing up and uh, next thing you know, we're going to have pups? Yeah, for sure. You know, they've already they've already been pairing up. You know, the, the females are already bred in most places. Um, you know, we're looking at about a 60-day gestation period, you know, so they'll be they'll be dropping pups somewhere here, you know, 1st of April. So, so yeah, right now they're pairing up, kind of, you know, kicking in that old territorial instinct, locking down their area that they're going to den in and, and have their pups. So, you know, all great ways that you can get in and, and use that against those coyotes to, to call them in. Now, you don't hunt coyotes year-round. Is that because uh, it's just not the style that you prefer, or does Nebraska not allow that? <clears throat> well, no, in, in Nebraska, we can hunt year-round. I mean, I, I'm just an average Joe like everybody else. Unfortunately, I can't, you know, make a living killing coyotes all year-round, so I have to work a real job in the summer. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, owning a lawn care business, I get busy doing that about the middle of March, and yeah. and that keeps me busy all the way through October. Um, you know, I have went out and hunted coyotes in the summer months and early, early fall, uh-huh. uh, which is easily doable. Yeah. Um, you know, the grass is always a little bit taller and, and harder to see coyotes. There's a lot more food sources out for them at that time with the grasshoppers and the different plant species and stuff they'll eat on throughout the summer months. So that mm-hmm. makes it a little trickier, but it can definitely be done. But I don't know. I 
I don't hunt coyotes because I hate them. I, I do, you know, like coyotes, you know, what people might not think about me, but I do, you know, and it's, so it's kind of almost like I manage my coyote population a little bit. As crazy as that sounds, you know, if, if they were lucky enough to make it, make it through come March, you know, I'm going to let them have a, a healthy litter of pups, and that just gives me more opportunity to, to knock down a bunch of coyotes come fall time. I think we just had a moment there with Jeff. Yeah, yeah, you notice that? Like, voice I, crack. I noticed this little tenderness in yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you talk to PETA, you know, they think I'm just, you know, the coyotes are the devil and we're just out there to kill every land. Don't get me wrong. I love killing coyotes, but, uh, you know, I, they're just an interesting, intriguing animal, challenge to hunt. And even if you wanted to kill them all off, if you totally hated them, you'd, you'd never accomplish that. I mean, look at the, the government they've been trying to kill them off for years with planes and poison and everything else and they've only grown stronger and larger jeff uh i understand that you uh you, you've got a story to tell down from uh the phoenix uh where you were just at you got a rifle scabbard on your uh golf bag or what <laughs> oh you know my, my dad made the trip down with me to phoenix and and the first couple of days of the show were always a little slow so he decided to go golfing and man you just wouldn't believe the coyotes running around these little retirement communities and laying out on the fairways and and yeah you needed a a, a warm burning one iron you know you could just <laughs> heat it up and take some crack shots those coyotes running across the fairways and <laughs> running across the tee boxes and whatnot yeah just filthy not you know just talking to everybody down there nobody can do anything about it yeah um you know, in one hand they'd like the coyotes around because they keep the rabbits and everything from overpopulating all the gardens and whatnot but and also, they said it's nothing to have a coyote come running up and, and snatch your dog right off the leash right when you're walking. Oh, walking my dog down the street. Gosh, really? Pretty wild. That's yeah. Like, you go to Florida, they got all these freaking alligators. Then you go over to Arizona, they got all these coyotes. I mean, we've got a problem everywhere. You go to Kenya, they've got uh, lions. That's right. <laughs> we need to uh, uh, put, I guess, would alligators eat a coyote? I guess they, oh, could, sure. they could catch it. Oh, yeah. I, I'll guarantee an alligator would eat a coyote if it. I'd like to see that. I would, <laughs> too. A YouTube video with that leopard swims <laughs> yeah. across the dang river and, and attacks that crocodile and drags it back across and kills it. <laughs> yeah, that thing is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't spry I mean, I'd like to see an alligator take a coyote on like that. That'd be pretty cool. You can see it take a poodle just about any day of the week in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> well, hey, we're actually coming up an ad break, buddy. To find out more about you, Coyote Craze, the video series, uh, where you might possibly be, get some tips. Also, your Coyote Kill the Week here on the show, you can check online or on our website. Where can we find you online, buddy? Hey, KyleCraze.com. I'm also on Facebook, and I am now a tweaker or tweeter or whatever you want to call it. So you don't want to well. You don't want to be a tweaker because then the cops are going to pick you up. <laughs> okay, how about a tweeter then? Tweeter, there you, <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, that was uh, that was tweeter uh, Jeff Nimnick, and of course he has Coyote Craze. You got to check him out online. We want to say a special thank you though to Cabela's, also High Mountain Seasonings, Ruger, and Outdoor Channel. Uh, here's a quick word for Mark. We got to get to a break. We'll return in just a minute. Mr. Jeff, man, thanks so much, buddy. Hey, all it's a pleasure, fellas. Outdoor Channel on Antlers. Would you like fries with that? In the velvet stage, antlers of elk and deer have been used in Asia as a dietary supplement or alternative medicinal substance for more than 2,000 years. And oddly enough, Ray Lewis and the Alabama Crimson Tide players have allegedly taken deer antler spray, or SWAT, prior to their respective champion games. Both situations are under intense scrutiny. So to hear more of the revolution and get great outdoor advice, Log on to OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. You must not abuse the power you've been given. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Eventually, you will lose control of that power and the whole world will suffer. Hey, that was a great show, Trav. It was a good show. Yeah, hey, we want to thank our 427 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Paneri, and... Right, the sound guy. Mainly you, though. Uh-oh. Definitely. Also, Kip Adams. How about Grant Woods, Jeremy Moore, Jeff Nimnick? Nah, that kind of helped a little bit. <laughs> All right, so uh, get outdoors this weekend. Take some kids with you. Enjoy yourselves, uh, but stay warm. It's pretty uh, frigid out there. The local news weather is coming up next. Jimbo and I and Bunny, we love you so much. Peace out. God bless. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.